Welcome everyone to episode 22 of Haters Drinking Hatred. The suns are shining, the hawks are feasting and the clippers are... Uh, clipping? I don't know. Uh, with me as always to discuss all of that and more is Siddhan Mehta. What's up, Sid? The suns, huh? The suns? I think, I, I mean, we finally got to it. We have to acknowledge that they're really good. Did we think we'd get here? Like, this is this is now Western Conference Finals, for sure. And... Yeah. Possibly more. I don't know. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Is there, is there a is there a ceiling for you on the Suns? Because we didn't think we didn't think they'd get this far. I mean, I, what is I this, think, what, how do you define a ceiling? Like, is it just that winning the ta- championship is their ceiling? No, I'm saying is that is that the ceiling? Is that is that the absolute max that they could get to? Is that winning the title? Is that can they get to that peak? It, yes. Is my question. Wow. Okay. I'm still not I there. Mean, I love the Suns. I'm still not there. No, but like, just ask, answer a simple question. What are they lacking? That's, you know, that's true. And look at, uh, unless the Nets come back to full fitness, because it's not I happening think, tomorrow, which is not happening for a while, maybe it is. No, we're it's not happening that. tomorrow for sure. Game five will be no Harden, no Kyrie. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we know that we'll get to that. But what I'm saying is that means the Nets then have to win two in a row. Yeah. With injured dudes, dude or dudes again. I think both dudes okay. are going to be injured. Yeah, whoever is there on the floor is not going to be a hundred percent for sure. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. And so, the chance of a full-on re-injury again with tragic circumstances is also possible. Hundred percent. So, look, I if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I will just say goodbye and come back next year. The, the second lost season to injury. Uh, okay, we'll talk about the Nets later. We'll talk about the Nets later. Yeah, right. yeah. So now, yeah. you you believe that the Suns can win the title. I'm not there yet. Uh, mostly because they might have to face Robot Kawhi in the next round. But let's just talk about the Suns and what they've accomplished in this round. So, in this uh, run so far, so far, Chris Paul and the Suns have knocked out LeBron and the Lakers. And they have now knocked out the reigning... Swept! Not just knocked out, swept. Yeah, swept. The reigning yeah. MVP and the Nuggies. Now, yeah. okay, fine. Jamal Murray got injured. Cool. Okay, they were still content. But to get swept. Yeah, well, it's not just Jamal Murray. They also didn't have uh, Morris. No, Will Barton. They didn't have Will yeah, Barton. Yeah. Uh, so they, he's actually their other starting guard. So that didn't work out. Um. Yeah, no, no need for too many um, excuses for the Nuggets here. They just weren't going to do it this year. You could just tell. Yeah. I mean, we knew that going into this uh, playoffs, that they were severely limited because of their injuries. Um, the fact that they beat Portland in itself is not an achievement, I think, is very yeah. important. Um, because we've talked extensively about what we think about Portland now. Um, so if you, if you look at Portland, the trailblazers, Portland trailblazers or the nuggets facing pretty much any of the other top four teams, um, I don't think it's a contest. They would just win. I'm pretty sure even the Mavericks could have beaten the blazers. So, um, yeah, you would have to say the nuggets could have hoped for better, probably not gotten swept. But at the same time, the Suns are in such good form. Yeah, I mean, the 
what they've done defensively is insane. What are they, third in defensive rating now? And sixth in offense? Something something absurd like that over the course of the series they've jumped? I think, I think so. I, I, and, and the beauty of it is they, they are relying on some spectacular guard play from a rising star and like a constant in Chris Paul, a rising star in Devin Booker. But it's also the tactics and the and the plays they're running. It's yeah. just so fluid. It's so like you you can't see it and say, oh, this team doesn't know what they're doing. You know, they, you never get that moment, and we've seen that from pretty much every other team in the playoffs so far, where they've just gotten stuck at times and haven't managed to get their offense going. But the Suns always seem to know what to do. They have a bunch of options running to the basket or staying behind the line in the perimeter. Or, you know, they're just trying some stuff on the fly because they have Chris Paul, who just does whatever he wants basically out there. And you know it's not going to be a turnover pretty much 95% of the time. So it's one of those where you're like, this is exactly why you get a guy like that, you know. And I think this week has been full of Chris Paul praise and you can see why. Like... It's not just that you need talent and ability and scoring and defense to win. You just need assurance and somebody to manage the game. And I think there's like four people better than Chris Paul at it all time. Yeah. You know, so... And he beat one of them. And he beat one of them, yeah. yeah. Who's uh, got a movie to launch. So yeah, he's got he's, shit to do. He's, he's, he's I'm not saying clock. he needed it. I'm just saying that he did yeah. get beaten. He's kind of busy, <laughs> you know. So you've got to take that into account. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what he's... And also, like, for example, what they were trying to do early in, in the season with Deandre, all the stories where he's trying to, like, groom DeAndre and something else, that didn't really work out. Yet, DeAndre Ayton has been a force on defense. He has kept... Well, Anthony Davis was largely injured for the Lakers series, so I don't think we got to really see that fight play out. But against Jokic, yeah. man, he played him to a draw. Kind of. I it mean, was pretty good. he played him as well as he could. As Jokic scored 30, 22, and 12. Well, in that's game, going man. to that's happen. That's not a draw. It's going yeah, to happen. But that's not a draw, is what I'm over saying. Over the course of be, a series. To be smart about how you use your words here, that's not a draw. <laughs> Winning six... One in a match in football is not a draw. Okay, like, the only thing he didn't do was foul out, which he I, didn't okay. do against let me, Jokic. Let me amend that statement. There were a couple of yeah. games where I genuinely felt like it was... They, they only played four games. Yeah. So, that's not a draw Let's say then, game two was, was draw-ish, was draw-adjacent. <laughs> yeah, that's because that's, that's the game they won by 25 or something. Because the rest <laughs> of the team didn't show up and Jokic had to score 20 by himself or something. Aaron Gordon, meanwhile, oh. was uh, very... Very uh, it has not gone well. It has not gone well. No, he's been good defensively, but yeah, but the dude is scoring like seven, eight points a game. Like, what are you talking about? Is he a role player now? What yeah, do we pay? What is anyone paying this dude money for? That flaw has been deeply found out, and I think I, I think he has suffered because of those injuries. Like the balls maybe not getting to him as as easily as it used to. At least in that regular season when, uh, you know, Jokic was finding him in lanes and finding him on those cuts. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was much easier for him in that regular when the team was like the team uh, and not yeah. riddled with these injuries. Um, but listen, you're you're putting him in the role player position. He's a starter. He's supposed to figure some stuff out on his own. I don't think he you has know? that kind of range. I think if he had that kind of I range, we, it would have gone much better. We know for sure now he doesn't. Yeah, he, we know for sure he doesn't now because in Orlando he had all this room to do whatever he wanted, 
and he was still just and now he's all like yeah i'm just going to be over here and when yeah. you guys need me like like no dude get the ball let jokic go hang out somewhere while you make a make something happen you know you don't have to score yourself just like take it to the basket and kick it out or something i don't know yeah. do something i think i mean he doesn't do that but what i'm that's the problem also i think in the regular season he looked like great fourth option and when you move him up to like a second option that's where shit He's falls not. apart and yeah. it did when he was a first option for the magic you saw how badly to, that went so to be fair you can't be a second option on a team when, when you were the fourth option within like a exactly, month exactly exactly pretty tough i think yeah. i think it's hard to expect and gone do that also um but yeah i think just to, just to go back to the suns now is this one of the like the greatest plot lines ever so let, let's start where this started Chris i don't Paul. think it's one of the greatest plot lines ever but it's yeah it's up there Because all right, let let's look at it this way, right? Okay. Let's look at the yeah. trade itself. Chris Paul okay. was traded. I'm doing this from memory, so Chris Paul and one other player were tra- traded for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, someone else, and a first round pick, right? So that Correct. basically means Chris Paul was gotten for Ricky Rubio and a pick, yeah. right? Yeah. That what incredible return on value. I know you're paying him an obscene amount of money this year, but who cares? Mm-hmm. You're the Suns. You had yeah. that kind of cap space to begin with. Yeah, what exactly. an insane return on value this is a team that was barely in the playoffs last year to a team that could make is in the western conference finals could make the finals this year that is insane return on value and of course they've made other smart decisions they've uh, brought in michael bridges who's really worked out they've they've made other tweaks and other other things like that but it is that is an insane yeah, but, return but, on investment but that's the thing okay so bridges was dra- drafted by them i think because marcus uh, sorry There's Miles Bridges and Mikael Bridges. I so I Miles Bridges was at Charlotte agency, but yeah. No, no, he's not. He's he's like a third or fourth year player. He's like uh, um one of their guys only. I apologize then maybe my facts are wrong. Wouldn't be the first okay. time. You talk, I'm going to google this so that I can't be found out. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, letting me uh, yeah. take the heat. No, but I think they made yeah. some tweaks, but what a fan Fantastic round, and by the way, any team in the NBA could have had this guy. There yeah, no, he's a third-year shooters. player. Oh, he's a third-year yeah. player. My apologies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they've definitely made other tweaks, and I won't go into it. Otherwise, my fact-checking uh, co-host will uh, slam me on them no. again. But no, no, sorry, I just wanted to interrupt you because the point I made there with him being drafted was they got him, they got Aiton, they had um, um, Devin Booker already. they had um Cameron Johnson who's a who they also drafted and they got Cameron Payne uh, like he he was just not taken seriously for a few years yeah there. yeah uh all of these dudes oh uh they, they also got um um Jay Crowder right yes they got Jay Crowder correct right so so they got They they had a bunch of these guys already. Jake Crowder was on Utah, and they traded for him, or was actually they signed him. They signed. He was him. having a shit time in Utah, by the way. But yeah, and now he's fantastic three and D. Yeah, just yeah. a brilliant three and D player this year. Fearless guy. Um, the other guys, they literally all built them up, and um, Cameron Payne, they just rehabilitated him basically because they were like, yeah, we'll just play stuff that you can do, and. This is the thing. Like sometimes we just keep chasing names, but actually a lot of this stuff is is about coaching and team cohesion more than anything. That's why the front office stuff is so important. So while Chris Paul like sort of 
sends this thing to the next level. This team has been built pretty well. Like, I remember hating the Cameron Johnson pick. He was the 10th pick in the 2019 or 2020, 2019 draft. Yeah. He was picked and... People were like, oh, why didn't you pick Michael Porter Jr.? Why didn't you pick... You know, there were still a few names on the board there. And they went with him. And he's been really good, for instance. Like, the guy shoots threes pretty well. Like, I think he's a 40% up shooter again. That's what you want off the bench. What do you want from a second-year player, really? And then, uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton was the number one pick. Why are we surprised that he's good, you know? Uh, he he didn't look bad. He was just picked before Luca, so that's you can it. never yeah, win. That's really it. You know, you can't win if you were picked ahead of Luca. That's not your fault, yeah. though. If he was the third pick and Luca was the first pick, he'd be fantastic in our eyes right now, yeah. right? Um, and uh, the other thing is, uh, Devin Booker is a, is a bloody superstar already. Like he was a superstar last year before Chris Paul came, so. You know, it's not a surprise that he got better when he had to do the thing that he, which he's best at rather than the thing he was okay at. The thing he's best at is scoring. The thing he's okay at is facilitating. So, it's it's not a mind-blowing story. It's just that this team needed one ace player to take them over the top and they have, that player would have the experience and the value in the playoffs. And if you're Phoenix and you have a engaged and ready Chris Paul... On the other line saying, yeah, trade for me, I'll do it. I think that was a no-brainer. And we all lauded that at the time. We all yeah. said, look, this is a great move. And I'm pretty excited for these guys. And they might do well in the playoffs. And they've uh, succeeded already. I'm I'm honestly amazed that after that OKC run, because he, he basically did this in OKC with, with no one around him, right? He basically, again, took a team that was a no-hoper, dragged them kicking and screaming to a reasonable amount of success, uh, took those young players, turned them into something good, uh, which is the same thing he's doing in Phoenix. I'm amazed his trade value wasn't higher, right? Yeah. I'm, and of course, this is also part of uh, OKC and Sam Presti um, telling Chris Paul that you know you're you're going to go where you want to go. So I'm sure the negotiations weren't that hard. I'm sure there was a better offer that you know that was rejected because Chris Paul wanted to go where Chris Paul wanted to go. But um, man, that was a smart move. That was such a smart move, and it it's so much. In, in and some moves they're only smart in hindsight. This one was smart when it happened. We talked about it the day it happened. Absolutely. We texted Absolutely. like this is fantastic. I we didn't we didn't guess Phoenix would be one of those. I don't know if we did a show, but we didn't we, we didn't. Yeah. No. So I don't think we we guessed those where where he was gonna go, but we definitely didn't expect Phoenix Suns to come up and snatch him. I think a big part of that is also Monty Williams. So I think that's a that's a huge part of his reason for Absolutely. going there. Right? And it's a yeah, huge part yeah. of why that thing works because here's a coach finally who's just like, here, take the fucking keys. Run this offense. Yeah. Do what you have yeah. to do on the court. I'll do. I'll do the other shit. Hmm. I think he's finally got something to that where it's not D'Antoni, it's not Doc Rivers, it's not you know. Here's my system. Let's do it this way. I think he's got a coach who's like, I trust you with all of this. You run it, and that and showed they have history, that. right? Yeah, they have a lot yeah. of history. Yeah, that yeah. the I th- I think the quotes that the, that both of them had about each other it was fantastic. You clearly see a great relationship there. Uh, the building block of a championship team, perhaps. I don't know. The cornerstone of a, a cornerstone of a championship. Team, you, you can't deny all this stuff. This is the stuff that you look back on the DVD later and be like, "Hey, look, this is that Monty Williams, Chris Paul montage that everybody wanted to see," and it makes complete sense. Um, if you look at the other side of the bracket at the Milwaukee Bucks right now, 
and the fact that they traded basically like three first round picks and three pick swaps for Drew Holiday. And you think, why didn't they go for Chris Paul? Well, they were absolutely supposed to be in the running for Chris Paul. But for whatever reason, they didn't value him as highly. And I didn't understand that at the time at all. Because I really, really like the idea of Chris Paul doing the work on the perimeter for Giannis. Yeah, that is something actually that we discussed. We discussed that trade scenario, remember, very clearly. Um, yeah, we did. When, uh, when, when, of course, obviously the OKC was uh, the Thunder were going to trade Chris Paul. I remember discussing that one. Man, that would have been a good trade. I, I don't care. I mean, there's, there's, there's talk. I mean, uh, Simmons and um, and Russell were talking today about uh, how is Giannis just a better Blake uh, in the or the absolute greatest version of Blake ever, perhaps. But would that be the same kind of combination that you had in the Clippers and it didn't work? Is it working now in the Suns because he's got four guys who can shoot? All around him. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, I think it's the same thing. I think Paul and uh, and Giannis would be fucking amazing. Yeah, I think so too. And and, at the, and the main thing is he would, Chris Paul is the he in this case, would like set up the offense for Giannis. Yeah. Like this That's guy is not thing. setting up offense for himself. This is what people don't get, you know. Like he's setting it up for his teammates. That's the way he plays. So, if Giannis is going to hit a run, a run into the wall and not be able to get through, that means the Chris Paul's entire mid-range game is open for him. Yeah. And I fear that people don't under, understand that he's the, if not the best mid-range shooter, he's the top three in the mid-range in the NBA at, at this time. Like... The guy, you can see when he's going to take a mid-range shot and you're like, okay, this is just going in, you know? Yeah. Like, people just equate threes with jump shooting now, which is not the case. Like, jump shooting is shooting from anywhere in the court. So, if Giannis is going to go headlong into the defense, into the paint, and just drag them into a wall formation in front of him, that means the entire backcourt is open for Chris Paul to find people. That's wild, man. Like, if Middleton and Chris Paul are coming down the court behind Giannis, what are you going to do? I I can't think of anything. Like, it's not going to work well for you. Absolutely. I'm really amazed that that didn't work out. Um, But we'll... we'll, uh, we'll, That speculation will pen for another day. Uh, We have to cover three more series. Uh, So, just just a quick one. Who do you think the Suns would rather face? The Jazz uh, with Donovan Mitchell semi-injured? Kind of injured? I don't know. It's not, he's not looking, he's not looking great out. He's not looking 100% for sure. Uh, or Kawhi and the Clippers. I think we'd rather face the Jazz because the Clippers have those two dudes who can guard their guys. Yeah. And yeah, I think the Clippers can negate a lot of playoff defense, uh, playoff offense, you know. That's the thing. That's the reason why they're still in this, in any of these series. That's why they're still a favorite that's why they can make the finals. That's why they can win the thing. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and you name the other third wing defender that eventually shows up, whoever it is from Beverly, Reggie Jackson, whatever. Like, pick anyone. Like, that's enough to stop the backline. Like, I don't see Devin Booker having a good time against Paul George, for instance. You know? And and who, what are they going to do? Try and switch off? 
Paul George. Well, then they're going to switch on to Kawhi. If they're going to switch off Kawhi onto, I don't know, Nick Batum or something, they can hedge. Like, there's so many ways around it. They have enough defense to make this difficult. Like, I think that if they go up against the Jazz, the Suns have played the Jazz well this year. They haven't won enough, but like, they were close games and the Jazz are not in good form and the Suns are. So, it's pretty simple that way. All right. I, I I honestly believe in the scenario that the Clippers get past the Jazz, that the Suns don't get past the Clippers. I think I think that's the. I think that's so, possible. So I agree with you that they would rather face the Jazz, but I don't think those scenarios will happen. And I do think some fucking how the Clippers are going to make the finals this year. Uh, no one will be more upset by that than me. So no one's unhappy we'll about making about that prediction. We'll uh, talk about that in a bit. We will. I'm sure. We will. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Sid, what do you want to cover? You want to cover. Um, how how terrifying the Nets are, uh, or how terrified the Nets should be, or do you want to cover uh, 76ers and the Hawks? You can take your pick. I mean, I'm going to talk about the Nets because the Hawks that that we need some time for it, but we don't need that much time. All right, so let's let's jump right Very into the Nets. Uh, how concerned should they be? Let's give let's give the listeners some context. James Harden goes out in like the first minute of this series uh, in Game One. Uh, Kyrie goes out. In game four, uh, just around the third quarter, and uh, they they immediately lost. Uh, of course, it was uh, pretty much over as soon as that happened. Uh, and game five, I'm sure they're going to game plan around Durant, and he is freaking Kevin Durant. Let's not forget that even for a second, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But this is trouble. Oh, it's with a capital T. Yeah, trouble with a capital T. I don't want to. I don't want to say it, but we did say it. <laughs> we did say it, it is we exactly did, like what we said would happen has happened. I'm not happy about it. I know I sound happy, no, but I, I'm not happy about it. I'm 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 very I'm this is the problem. I I don't care either way, is what I've realized. You're indifferent I, to the nets? I'm humongously indifferent to the nets ah, because this okay. this scenario was like 75% going to happen. Yeah, I know. Right? The order of the injuries is weird. That the heartiest guy who's barely missed a minute. Uh, well, in previous seasons, this season, of course, he has had issues. But in before that trade happened, you'd have thought James Harden is the one who's going to be there throughout, and it's going to be this injury. Yeah, the guy with the Achilles is not going to make it. The other two <laughs> yeah, guys exactly. are going to make it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Achilles injury guy is now playing everything some of the best on it. Everything's on him. Everything's on that leg. Yeah, I'm sure there's absolutely no stress on his body when he plays yeah. 44 minutes tomorrow. Oh, I'm so concerned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I can't do another KD injury season. It's just such no. a fucking waste. Like it is. Just it truly really is. It would be like if Giannis was injured. Like it's just pointless. Cancel the fucking yeah. season. Let's postpone it by a year. If Luca was injured. Yeah, I think here's the thing. Okay, so we said that if they don't get injured, they'll make the finals. If they get injured, they won't make the finals. And we said they're probably going to get injured, right? Everything happened. Like, they look like they're going to make the finals. They look like they're going to win the whole thing. Frankly, they are the favorites. Well, they were the favorites. And that's because they just can't do it with the collection of players they have. They just can't. Like, the reason all of these dudes are shooting so well is because they're open. Because somebody has to double team KD and some the other best defender has to be on Kyrie. Like, 
you, Joe Harris is an above average NBA player. He if he has somebody who doesn't match up to him, he's just going to score. You know, so you can't just put some schlub on him. And Blake Griffin is in renaissance mode. So he's also an above average NBA player at this point. But the problem is that's all predicated on the fact that they had so much space. And yeah, they exactly. didn't need to play so much and didn't need to do anything besides their one-two roles. But now the two offensive creators and the like linchpins of the team and moving the ball and getting people people to places and freeing up space, those are the guys that are out. Um, you have the other guy who's an automatic scoring machine, but he's not a passer. Yeah. Like, he is maybe five assists a game kind of passer, but like, he's not going to do it all the time, you know. Yeah, I mean, just to be alarmist about they don't really have a facilitator on that court anymore. Katie's great, but he's not a facilitator. He's not going to run run the place for you. He's not going to bring the ball up no, the court every single time. It's not even that. You don't want him to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's he, what I'm saying. He he's Good. supposed to catch the ball and finish it. Like yeah. that's like if he's doing that, that means somebody else who's worse than him is doing it. Yeah. He and uh, even if he was good at it, why would you make him do it? Like people are like, oh, but LeBron does it. But LeBron cannot score like KD. Like we're not talking about the same thing here. If LeBron could score like KD, LeBron would not be doing the playmaking. Yeah. It's very simple. Like we're talking about the. Like, there's nobody else like him. He is the only player that can get 30 whenever he feels like it. Yeah, I mean, some of those turnaround jumpers, some of those... You can't, you can't reach it. No... Like, that's what... Like, we they think we're talking about, like, some subjective thing. Like, oh, oh you, you think his skills are so great. No, he's seven feet tall, dude. The like, second he turns, <laughs> it's over. Like, he's going yeah. to shoot. You, all you can ball... do... PJ Tucker's entire defense was when when the ball is on the ground, when KD gets the ball. But if he makes that inch of space and he turns, PJ Tucker, like, there's no point jumping for that. Fuck it, it's not happening. Yeah, it You're is, just gonna foul it. him, which which happened a lot. Hey, fuck. PJ Tucker Constantly fouled the fouled. hell out of him, <laughs> man. I, I, I you it. know what? I don't. I did, but I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna get a lot of those calls next game. I think. Nah, because of course KD is alone now. So there's and now yeah. I think they're gonna have to give him some kind of. Spe- no, I'm not saying there's special treatment, but now that he's the focal point of everything, it's gonna be a lot harder for PJ Tucker to defend like that. But the the great yeah. thing is what what the Bucks have also. They have three guys that they can kind of rotate in and out. Just make Giannis guard KD forever. I didn't get why they didn't just do that. I, then, of course... No, now they can. Yeah. Like, forget it. Like, now Giannis, you matter. don't score anyway. Because now Let you don't everybody have to, else do it. Now you don't yeah. have to secure against Kyrie driving in. You don't have to secure against any of that. Fuck it. Just chase yeah. KD just, around just guard the court. Him. We'll have Brook Lopez stand in there to, like, make sure nobody gets into the paint. And then uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton can block dudes. Yeah. Because they can, actually. They're not bad. Like, Drew Holiday is an excellent defender. Chris Middleton is a very good defender. Then whoever your fifth guy is can just make him do whatever you want. Like and just, I don't know. I solved this problem. I feel like Mike Budenholzer will get this in game six, as we have discussed previously. Game five, he will not understand this. So Yeah. You know. I mean, it I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure there'll be a minute or two in that or a quarter, maybe, where KD just goes fucking off and the Bucks look like Bucks in headlights. I don't know if that's a thing. But that's a, it is now. <laughs> it is a yeah. thing now. Yeah. Uh they they will look like that, but I think over the course of the game, that first of all, that KD, um, that his body right now is is scaring me. Putting him through forty odd minutes, that's terrifying to me. And secondly, the rotation of defenders that they can put on him, it is essentially like KD against four guys. It's KD against the entire Bucks team. 
basically. But that's what the Bucks team is going to do. Yeah. Well, in the sixth game, not in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, this game, they'll use <laughs> game four tactics. But is asking someone to defend an imaginary Kyrie. Game three tactics. Just stay. Yeah. yeah, he's there, don't you know? And they're like, no, coach, he Bud? got injured. Bud? Yeah. Bud? Do you remember he got injured Bud. last game? No. Fuck it. No. Yaris, no. in the paint. He's there. We must <laughs> make the try. Ball. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so do you think the Bucks have it? Simple question. Uh, yeah, I think so. So game I'm, five I and mean, game six. I think my my brain and my heart tell me they have it. So just before we started recording, uh, Harden was moved up to doubtful, which is completely meaningless and pointless. I don't know why they do this injury update. It's the dumbest thing in the NBA. It's just I'm not so, scared of that. It's just so yeah. Woj can have something to tweet. I think. Uh, but doubtful is is not with a hamstring. That's not much. And no, I mean, he just means he'd get injured again in the first minute. Yeah, for sure. So just he's look not, at what happened to Davis. Like, it, it wasn't worth it. They are going to toss Game 5 for sure. Uh, and Game 6, man, if those two guys are at 60%, 70%, whatever, whatever yeah, that number they'll is. they'll make them play, probably. They'll, yeah. they'll probably throw them out there. Of course, elimination game, unless Kyrie is like, fuck it, no, I'm not doing it. Which would be great also. Um, would be a you great know what? plotline. I looked at the highlights of that injury. That is not a two-game injury, man. Like... It's just not. Oh, that is a five-game injury. Oh, yeah. Oh, you meant more, huh? Yeah. That's a... Yeah. That like, ankle is, turn, is, when ankle touches ground, I have torn ligaments. I have sprained my ankle on multiple occasions. My ankles are basically paper. I've got Steph Curry, you know, 2014 ankles. So, correct, they yeah. are just a wreck. The second that ankle touches floor, you're screwed. And you know you're screwed. You've lost about... Dude, it's not that the ankle went in and hit at 90. The ankle went in and hit at 110 degrees, man. Like, it faced upward. Yeah. Like, it did not look good. Like, I was surprised that he could stand. Yeah. You know? Uh, Let alone walk. So, that's the good part. I mean, clearly, he didn't tear anything, which also was confirmed by the um, scans. So, what we do know is that it's just very badly hurt. So... I think even if he comes back in game six, and if they're down three two, he will come back in game six. And and he's Kyrie, not going to be good. And like, Kyrie just needs not. needs those ankles. Like his whole game is predicated upon beating guys off the dribble, um, being quick, turning on a dime. <laughs> those are things you need healthy fucking ankles for, man. It's just yeah, not, it's not, not going to work. Not I mean, you can't. Not good. Kyrie's not the kind of player that you can just. I mean, you get a lot from him still, but you can't just hide him in a corner and have him shoot threes. It's not. It's not that kind of game. No. Ah, all right. So I, I I agree with you on that one. I think the Bucks are going to take this, uh, and they're going to take the next two games. But super critical for them to take the next two games. Man, they cannot afford a fuck up. I am not happy with the Bucks team. Though. Yeah, They're so bad. This is like, not. By the way, this is not something that they should be celebrating. They've been very okay. <laughs> like the other yeah, team been, has fallen apart been as consistently six on ten this entire yeah. playoffs. You know, and I. Like, whoever, if the 76ers get out of there, I think the, the 76ers or Hawks, whichever ones get out, I think they, they should need to feel take like... to to the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, they should feel like if the Bucks are the ones winning, we're in the finals. Like, that's the mentality yeah, yeah, every yeah. team should go in with. Sure, they've got Giannis. Yeah. They might have the best player on the court. I, and if the Bucks make it to the finals, the West is winning the title. 110%. 110%. That's it. Everyone is now hoping for Bucks success. Like, every single team is hoping for Bucks success. Because I yeah. honestly, even if the Suns get through, I'd pick the Suns over the Bucks. I think so. I think the Suns have I'm, more weapons. I mean, it really critically depends on how they finish the series. Because if Giannis figures something out, and let's not put it past him, he can. Okay, 
then I would be okay with it. Because to me, the winner of the series was going to win the title. But I didn't expect the series to be this bad. Yeah. Like, game three, they, both teams scored less than 90 points. That was, that was some 90s basketball shit. It was, I mean, no, it was like, not 90s basketball. It was trash <laughs> basketball. Like, everybody missed shots. Everybody. Like, the whole court of 20 players, they all missed shots. Like, it was just, it was struggle to watch the highlights, let alone the game. Like, the highlights were very short, okay? <laughs> like, nobody was hitting anything. Classic six-minute highlight package. Yeah, yeah, four and a half minute, it felt like. Um, the, the Like, it would be a 90s game if, like, there were, like, fouls and they, like, made layups and shit. And then, you know, there was a lot of ball denial and whatever. But this was like chucking shots that just bounced off the rim. If they hit the rim. Like, some of them just went off the backboard and did nothing. You know, like... Oh, a straight rock fight. Ah, oh, yeah, I, I I, really believe whoever... Um, if the Nets win this, somehow pull this out, then amazing. Because they might actually have everybody back by the finals. Uh, either the finals or the Eastern finals. Uh, but yeah. if the Bucks win this, man, it is, it is a good day to be the 76ers, the Hawks, the Clippers or the Suns. It is or a the Bucks, damn if they manage to really turn this around. It, I don't only know. if they manage to turn it. I think otherwise they're losing in the final. You never sure. know, man. If his game six plan is really good and he doesn't have to change his plans, that means he doesn't have to change his plans and then he can take the same plan into the other games. But and does not like work. changing plans. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And if he doesn't have to, then it's then it will work, right? All he has You're to laughing, do but is my, find but a winning all, plan. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but if you roll the dice so many times, you're going to get double some six point, at some yeah, point. Some you know? Point. And if he gets it and he doesn't have to change anything, it, it, it we're all laughing, but this might actually work. He has Giannis. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just think about that. No, he has yeah. Giannis. He has Chris Middleton. He has Drew Holiday. If all those guys max out, that's a pretty good team. Um, yeah. I just, it's not, it's not a healthy Joel Embiid and the Sixers. That's all I'm saying. No, That's all I'm no, saying. No, it's not. Since we're here, can we just like go, go through what Joel Embiid did today? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's quickly go through, uh, Sixers and the Hawks. Uh, Sid, what do you think? How's it going? It, it was a really weird game. Like I woke up and I found that the Sixers were up 16 points or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just go brush my teeth and be on, get on with my day. Like, nothing's going to happen here. And then I, like, come back to check the score in the fourth quarter. And it's like, there's, there's three points behind the Hawks. Hawks are, sorry, three points behind the Sixers with, like, four minutes to go in the fourth. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are these guys doing, you know? Turns out, Joel Embiid was playing really well in the first half. And then suddenly, he got uncomfortable. And you could see that he was not jumping properly and all. And he went 0 for 12 in the second half. Um, This is very scary. That's good. Yeah. I I feel like I want to tell everybody listening, going 0 of 12 shots. That's not a good stat. Yeah. It's bad. It's it's not. If you're new to basketball, that's a bad stat. Ball not go in basket, basket. is bad. <laughs> Blue team lose. <laughs> so 
Ben Simmons obviously took up the mantle of scoring and then obviously nothing happened. Yeah, that's not that's also bad for basketball. <laughs> ben, yeah, again, if you're new to basketball, bad. if Ben Simmons, if you need Ben Simmons to score yeah. points, this man who famously scored zero in a basketball game once when he was the second best player on the team. Yeah, oh. then I mean Seth Curry had a great start, but then he probably got tired or something because then he just didn't do anything, and uh, then he hit a few threes, and then he was like, oh, he's back, but then that didn't matter. Um, Tobias Harris played. Tobias Harris played. Tobias Harris had 20 and 5 in that game. Uh, but uh, whenever someone with 20 points is your top scorer, cause for concern. No, but when I say Tobias Harris played, I mean, he was physically present and scored a lot of those points during the time when they were racking up the points ahead on top of the Bucks, on top of right. the Hawks. So, momentum like points, second, not really grind fourth, points. In the fourth quarter, I think he must have scored four points, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm. Uh, it, it, it's just... I, I think Doc Rivers summed it up really well. He's like, they just started playing hero ball and stopped trusting each other. And they're just doing boneheaded nonsense, basically. And the Hawks, you know what? Just great shot making and good game planning down the stretch and getting shit done. What do you want? Like... Do you want this team to do some exciting over-the-top shit? Why should they? This is the first time this team got into the playoffs with this sort of, you know, generation of players. Um, they, they're not going to be superstars and ultra-extraordinary, even though Trey Young scored, got 18 assists today as the youngest yeah. player to ever get this, by the way. So he was still fantastic. The rest of them all executed brilliantly. Like... Very, very smart plays down the stretch, hit their shots, held their nerve, followed their game plan and got things done. If you're not impressed by this, I don't know what to tell you. This is clearly the fourth best team in the East and they could well rise from here in the next two years. No, absolutely. Um, I think the, this team's got one of the best runways of any of them and this playoff run has been fantastic fodder for them. Uh, but let, let's just focus on the series for a second. If Joel Embiid isn't right, if if he's flared up that knee again, uh, is it over? Not necessarily. I think it's just that they just this this Philly team needs to just pay attention. Basically, <laughs> they just you know they they had this game in the bag and they let it go because they didn't they just didn't finish the game like. They, they were just took their foot off the gas and then everyone went cold. And then everyone was like, oh, dude, no, I'll just score. It'll be fine. And then they kept getting each other's way. I know that sounds dumb, but like sometimes basketball just is that dumb. The playoffs are actually very good at showing us this. Like the regular season, you can explain so many things away through like overload management. They had it back to back or they, they haven't been playing well. Oh, this guy's coming back from injury. No, the playoffs are like, these are our best five guys at this time. These are your best five guys. Uh, our guys need to score and your guys don't need to score. And that's literally it. I know everyone gives us various ways of, oh, he's, it didn't work because of the schemes and all didn't work. Yeah, it, it didn't because you didn't figure this out already. You need to know what your guys are good at and what they're going to do. The Hawks know, Philly doesn't. That's the fundamental problem with Philadelphia 76ers as a championship contender. They just don't get enough out of each other. 
<sighs> but I think I think if that if that injury flares up and they don't have Joel as the focal point, I I would be worried. I would be very very worried. Uh, Trey's doing great, even with that taped up shoulder. He's still crushing it. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is this is a series to watch, and I think it goes to seven. I'm gonna say mm, I think it goes to seven. Okay, I can see it, but I still think it will be sixers and six. All right, all right. That means they have to win yeah. the next two. That means Joel Embiid has to be back full fitness for the next one. Uh, he, that doesn't happen anyway. I don't <laughs> He's think never Joel Embiid ever, ever plays ever at full, been fitness, full fitness. So. That's true. He will have to be yeah. at Joel Embiid level of fitness where even at that level of fitness, he scores 30 I mean, and 15. We sound like we're trashing these guys, but Absolutely they, not. they just missed the game winner on a, on a layup. So like, yeah. It was a layup. Oh. He could have, and then they got the offensive rebound, and they and got in each other's way again, yeah. and and the ball went out. Yeah. So like, I don't know what to tell you. Like there was, the, and they had a chance after that again. By the way, did you did you see that? No, I didn't see that one. Okay, so the layup went up. It went over the basket, hit the backboard, fell into Ben Simmons' hands. Ben Simmons tried to go up with it while he was falling down. I don't know why, because I, I guess that's how he scores buckets. Hit, he rim checked it, and then instead of gathering the ball back on his hands, Joel Embiid tried to do it and knocked Ben Simmons one hand away, and the ball went out of bounds. Atlanta takes the ball up the court, misses, okay, and it's still a three point game. Philly, the uh, Shake Milton dribbles the ball down unopposed, okay. This guy has already hit like a few threes in this game, unopposed, he dribbles down. Everyone is marked except him. He's free. And he doesn't take three. He just waits and then gives it to Seth Curry, who I think shoots it anyway. But it looked like it would have probably been late. It it barely, barely missed. So, they had so many ways to try and win this game. And they just didn't want to do it. And it's so annoying. Uh. I don't know. Uh, just an annoying team. The Sixers are back. The Sixers are back. It took a while. They were on vacation for a bit. But the Sixers yeah. are back. This last minute was was OG Sixers. I'm telling you, <laughs> you watch it again and try and sleep. You won't. It'll keep you up at night. <laughs> All right. Uh, last couple of minutes. Just a couple of minutes on um, Clippers v. Jazz. Oh, man. Kawhi is good. Kawhi is really fucking good. Yeah, he tried to kill a man today. I, I like when I'm reminded of this every year in the playoffs. You forget it. For vast sections of the season, you forget that Kawhi is incredible. He, he does this. But he, between the yeah, load he management and not giving a shit, he makes you forget that he is one of the greatest players playing today. And he's unstoppable on both ends, which means there's no, there's no real gap. So when he turns it on, it's fucking over. It, it is, but like... Okay, let's start with the Jazz, because I have a lot to say about the Jazz, surprisingly, because no one ever has anything to say about the Jazz, usually. I Donovan don't. Mitchell's really good. Um, he's good at basketball, scores a lot of points, um, good leader, great character. Playing injured again. Yeah. Um, not looking great in towards the end of games. I, you know what, he, what he's doing right now, which is very interesting, is he starts very strong, and then he kind of doesn't have enough toward the end and I think he's doing it on purpose so I don't I think he needs to figure this out because he has to realize that he's alone in the backcourt because Conley is still not back and I don't think he's going to be back for a bit so they need to figure this out with with um, with Mitchell 
for sure. Secondly, uh, Conley missing is bad. Yeah. Uh, they they don't seem to have people who are in control of the game when Mitchell is sitting. Uh, Joe Ingles is not playing well, and I'm surprised because he usually does handle these situations well. Uh, he he's he's a very interesting player, right? Joe Ingles. He's you never know if he's really got enough to like handle the game as like a main cog in the entire game. But at the same time, you kind of feel like, yeah, if we let this guy be, it'll be fine. And then he comes back and punches you in the mouth, basically, because he'll hit a bunch of threes, make some smart plays, do some good defense, get under somebody's skin. So he needs to step up. Jordan Clarkson is just doing Jordan Clarkson things, which is like just taking random shots and hoping they go in. And uh, Gobert, well, he's defending well. Yeah. So, which is his thing. Which is yeah, his thing. Which is which is exactly what will take you to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. None of this is taking you to the final uh, con- Western Conference Finals, by the way. Uh, yeah. What we all what we described is just everything that will take you to the second round and not into the Western Conference Finals. So Utah needs to be a lot more savvy with what they do. They really need to get the best out of their own players, play their own game, not worry about Kawhi so much. That's my opinion. What do you think about Utah? I, I think Utah are in a tough spot. They rely very heavily on Donovan Mitchell. Even in this last game, uh, while we're saying he's injured, he's got 37 freaking points, man. So no, he's amazing. This is he he's amazing, but he's running out of gas at the end 100%, of these games. Hundred percent, and I don't think they have a second guy. Like in the in the regular season, John Clarkson. I mean, there's a reason why he's six man uh, of the year. I they relied on him. They had those role players contributing. That's not really happening, like you said with Joe Ingles as well. Not really contributing the level that he was contributing at in the regular season. What took them to that first seed? It's not there. There's the portions of that is that, you know, there's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the other side. When those two guys get going, it is tough to kind of keep playing your own game. But it's definitely, and I think the Donovan Mitchell injury is symptom number one of that Jazz team not really playing as well as they should. uh, Not really playing their game as well as they should. I still think they have one more win in them. Right? The Jazz? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think they have one more win in them, which means this is going to go to seven. And game seven, any shit can go down. Anyone can have their day. Paul George could implode physically. I mean, literally, form into a singularity and he's gone. So you have... What they need to do is they need to sneak a pot of coffee <laughs> under the bench. The Clippers. Put it, in the, put it in the locker room. Be like, oh, free coffee for me? Paul George. It says free coffee for Paul George in my locker. Oh, but I, I think I think that's it for, for the Jazz. The, the, the key thing is to get this to a Game 7 because that's when... That's when the Clippers, that edginess of theirs, it is, it is there. I mean, right now, they've just hitched their wagon to Kawhi and they're running. But that edginess is there. If they can take one more game and push this to seven, they could really fucking win this. Here's so I'm not counting them out okay. just yet. They need to figure out how to play against the small Clippers. Because yeah, Clippers small, keep playing yeah. small and that's when they find success. And now we can go talk about the Clippers because this is what the problem is. Every time in the first two games of a series, Tai Lu decides that, you know what, we're not going to play small. <laughs> even though, even though the fucking Zubash lineup is, is a great fucking lineup. I don't understand it. Yeah, but they don't have Surge, right? I think so, that's what, that's, is that, a, I think it's a good thing for them. 
That's so. It would. It we. It wouldn't be if they did. If they didn't have did. Batum playing center. Yeah. And playing well. Now remember, there was no way that a computer could have predicted that I would say this sentence. Okay. <laughs> that, that we have to remember this. And look back on this time because this is something I have said and now it's being recorded. Okay, <laughs> like it it doesn't matter that Soji Baka got injured because Nicholas Batum can play center for the LA Clippers <laughs> and that is the reason why they win. Oh my I god! Know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's All bizarre. of you think I'm crazy, but you just watch. It's what's happening. Yeah, like Rudy Gobert does not like to go to the perimeter to guard people. Okay, and he's the defensive player of the year. So you can't like just take him off the floor. And you know what? This is the best jump shooting team in the friggin' league. They they hit forty one percent of their threes as a team. Yeah. So play small, and you'll win. But no, you're tied on loose. So you gotta fail first to succeed. Because that's pretty much the only way you do you, things. Your star right, player you know? has to tell you what to do. Ty Lue just fucks up until the star player grabs him and says, "Just do this." And then he does and then, that. And then That's they're like, process. yeah, he's a great coach. You know, he he manages the star players well. No, he's a bad coach. He just handles the plane schedule. Okay? <laughs> like, you all need to understand this. The guy doesn't do anything useful. Like, it's fucking unbelievable that this guy has to tell, oh, oh my God, like, there's such a lack of attention to detail. You know what? This team should... The, the Clippers should never have been down two games. Okay? Yeah. The second game was so bad. Like, the Clippers were up with... Like, I, I watched that game. The Clippers were up seven points with three minutes... To, not, not seven points. Four points with three minutes left. The Jazz went on a 9 nothing run in like a minute or something like that. Closed up that thing to five. And the Clippers, in all their brilliance, took two early threes in the next two plays down oh, yeah. the floor. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Each time the the Jazz went up the court, the Clippers were out of position. They were not even on the three-point line to defend the shooters. So, like, the Jazz just passed it to each other in open space and shot threes. In their faces. I was apoplectic. I was so angry that these people did not know that they have to stand at the three-point line to defend people in 2021. In the middle of the playoffs. In the fucking fourth, no, third game. No, second game, sorry. Second game of the playoffs. In this series. You've played a whole game before this. With the same guys. You know where these people shoot threes from. Just stand there. Why did you run beyond that point. And have to be told to go back Reggie Jackson. Why are you stupid? Why? And this attention to detail is missing. From every single play. In, in At the end of games. Like They only win if the other team fails. And Kawhi does something ridiculous. There's so many times in the Mavs series where the Mavs should not have won. Yeah, like, I oh, that's count- true. That's 100% true. There is no way that was a six-game series. Like, it just doesn't make sense that it was a six-game series. Okay, Terrence Mann, if the basket is in front of you, lay it in, you fuck! 
Oh my god. I I I think that that's actually a great place to close. Do you do you have any more angry rants about the Clippers? Uh, okay. You know what? Since we're here, have we had two good Paul George games? We have had two good Paul George games. We so that means we're going to have two bad Paul George games. Hell yes. It? Which is why I'm saying this series is nowhere near. Everyone's like, oh, Kawhi is at fifth gear. But will we have three bad Paul George games? Paul George hasn't hit the back head side of the back head, uh, backboard yet. It's not happened yet. Calm down until yeah, so it happens. I'm saying one bad Paul George game is definitely happening. 100%. Okay. 100%. So, that's okay. I understand that. I'm with you there. But I'm saying, is there going to be two bad Paul George games or three bad Paul George games? Because think... one bad Paul George game is for sure happening. Okay, let's let's think back on all the Game 7 moments of Paul George that we remember. One of them ended a franchise. This guy is not going to have no, a no, good Game 7. Did that go to 7? I it thought went it just to went to 6. The Blazers, oh. Blazers OKC went to 7. Oh, it was, okay, the, right. it was Game 7, Dame, Dil- Dame right. Dillard. Yeah. Blew him up. Uh, I, if I'm wrong about that, I apologize. It was a bad shot. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, dude, I, I, I don't think he does well in the Game 7. I'm happy to be proven wrong, as always. Playoff B. I, I would be unhappy to be proven wrong because then I'd be very bad at watching basketball. <laughs> I, I, I would like to be proven right in this case. I, for once, this is not some like biased opinion of hate that I'm throwing out. No, this is no, data points. It's, no, no, it's not a biased opinion of hate. It's... Can I confirm with my eyes and my knowledge what I'm seeing in front of me? And can I just never listen to people again who say they want Paul George on their team? Yeah, seriously. Um, because those people can be fourth place forever. I I just want them to know that. <laughs> if they right? get if they get knocked out, if the Clippers get knocked out, it will be Paul George's fault. It, I don't know how, but it will be. Yeah, we don't know or yet. They will 100% make it Paul George's fault. Now I one of but it's okay to sign him to a max, so it's okay. Exactly, good good job Clippers by signing this dude yeah. to another three years on max money. Uh, but no four years, it kicks in after years. this year. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, four years at max money. Who is trading for this dude? A lot of stupid people will trade That's for him. No. Like this is this is where you look up Sacramento Kings. No, I think... and say look, <laughs> you have one D D like D, you have D, one De'Aaron Fox. Okay, just give him that. Give us that one, and we'll give you this one. Yeah. Straight. If if you give me a straight up trade as a Sacramento Kings for Paul George and De'Aaron Fox, I'm making that trade. Of course, but that's a stupid fucking trade. That's a dumb trade. We're talking about the Clippers and the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, they're probably gonna do that trade. That's probably 100 percent gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if it, no, I'm I'm not denigrating the Clippers. I'm denigrating the Clippers if Paul George demoralizingly fails at this. Yeah. So, that would be unbelievable. Like, I wouldn't even find it funny. I just think it'll be so sad that it might, I might like, I might, might need therapy. Yeah, no, the thought of Paul George playing four years on a bad team is, is sad. It is. Yeah. But, it's pretty pathetic. Motherfucker, get your head together in playoffs. If you don't want to play on the Sacramento Kings for four and years. We're, and listen, this is, uh, by the way, we're angry at this team for winning yesterday, huh, by the way. Yeah, I know. The the hate, <laughs> the, the left, the anger that you took it to, and you took it to immediately, this has come off a win, like a really strong, confident yeah, win. Yeah, but Kawhi Clippers. Leonard is playing like one of the best players in the world. Yeah. But there's and a lot of hate about this team. they're barely surviving. Dude, there's a lot of hate about this team. 
it just what are you guys doing there are so many problems i mean i know we make paul george kind of the fucking symptom point of it but dude this team was bad last year also even when paul george seemed okay in the regular season they were a ball stopping painfully difficult team to watch they had no rhythm they had nothing much going on the only expectation was paul george while they're going to kick it up in the playoffs did not happen they lost to the nuggets uh they uh, they almost they they went six games with the mavs and two of those games were with kristaps wasing as injured they that still took six games for them to turn over last year it's another six games this year when when luka doncic had nobody around him when luka doncic was playing with one arm at one yeah, point at one point he literally couldn't turn his head and he, he still scored 40 on bo- them. on them both games <laughs> that he couldn't do it that, like oh my fuck he could not turn his head the night before the game and he still and you, dropped and, and you still had two guys who could defend him and most teams don't have half a guy that can defend him it took him. them three games to be like kawai just why don't you try why don't everyone else no, just play him it took three games for tailu to realize that kawai plays defense <laughs> it was hilarious it was like the dumbest like you know when they when they when bad writers stretch out the plot you know the absolute exact ending that's going to come in but they stretch it out three extra episodes that's what that was Tyloo is like a doctor that expects to cure you on follow-up visits. <laughs> like his first thing is like you try this medicine, see if it works. And you come back five days later. No, I feel worse. Oh, finally, here's the good medicine. Like, why didn't you just give me this? Oh, I wasn't sure. What do you mean? <laughs> the other thing would work. Let's send Rajan Rondo out there. See what he does. Why? I, I really. Why? I, th- I thought the paracetamol would cure your AIDS. I, I was sure. Yeah, I was yeah. damn sure. It would cure. Definitely gonna cure the AIDS there. <laughs> I know what I'll do. I'll play Nicolas Batum at center, and it'll work. What are we doing? Luke Kennard is the human flamethrower for this team. Luke Kennard. We thought this guy getting sixty million dollars for four years is daylight robbery. Turns out they really need him. <laughs> oh my God! Fuck that that contract also. You know what? I need to see the Clippers in the finals. Yeah. Just because to, it just takes away my anger at life and focuses on the clippers and it gives every team hope that you can suck and still somehow fall ass backwards into the finals fail upwards as it were yeah exactly because that's that'll be the that that if they win the championship their dvd you know every year the nba releases a dvd of the championships journey it'll be called yeah. ass backwards falling that's what it should be called <laughs> Right now, there's only two teams that there's only one team that deserves to win the title, and that's the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to say that. That's absolutely fair. Chris Paul's a legend. Fair. All of them look like fools and losers and charlatans, or they just look beat up. Yeah. So in the case of the Nets, or they are genuinely put, beat up. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Case, so yeah. you can't like or Embiid uh, and the Nets haven't done anything wrong per se. So we can't say they're fools and stupid and charlatans. Yeah. That's just not correct. Um, but yeah, and the Hawks. I mean, I I don't know if they can win the title. It's a feel good story. I like it. If if they made but, the final, yeah, if they made yeah. the East Finals, that'd be amazing. Uh, it's a, yeah. So so realistically, it's going to be the Suns, the Clippers, or the Bucks who have the best chance of winning this thing. Who's who's your bet right now? If we say right now, and by the way, what an amazing playoffs! Three series is right now tied at two games apiece. fucking fantastic there's so much good basketball to watch and yeah that's why i'm going to pick the suns cuz they don't have to play three more games that's true that's true 
and they're looking great and they can literally plan for both Utah and the Clippers, Clippers yeah. by watching the Clippers best shit right now and and watch Utah try to fumble their way around this and correct all their deficiencies in one stretch this is why no one feared Utah by the way um, they they just they don't have enough answers so they're not formidable they're for, they're good but they're always short of great and it's easy to talk in platitudes, but it, it comes out through over-reliance on offense on one shot creator and a very simplistic defense that assumes everyone's going to go to the basket yeah. and not just shoot over them. So, I don't know. I feel like they keep thinking that this will work, but it really doesn't. And they need they fundamentally need a different game plan next year well, if they want to really seriously challenge this. Well, their defensive strategy is based around a player, not around good defense. That just That's... The- No, they make good rotations. They make good rotations and they hope that the percentages fall their way. Yeah, essentially. You know, and they did for the beginning of the year, which went on on this massive run that we were all very impressed with. But like, at the end of it, we're like, yeah, but it won't work in the playoffs. And you know what? It's not. So, the reason why they're at 2-2 and not down a game is because the Clippers are fantastically incompetent. Yeah. Like unreasonably incompetent and they they got the one seed so they played a Grizzlies team that was three years too early so you know let's not just say the Utah Jazz had a good year it's going it's going to be a good year if they make it to the Western Conference Finals otherwise it's going to be a very disappointing year for them all right on that note let's call it an episode an episode I might title falling on your ass the Ty Lu story thank you Sid for joining me <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Tyloo will appreciate this. <laughs> he's, he's done it multiple times. He's made yeah. his, his most famous moment as a player is it's falling on his ass. Falling on his ass. So I think. Oh my god! I think this be is poetic. <laughs> wow! Wow! What a gem! I thought you'd what like that. One. I thought you'd like that. One. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you on Sunday. This um, special midweek episode as a close. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday and discuss all the games that happen in between. Bye bye. <laughs>